Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Zimmerman with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. Today, we'll be discussing a recent white paper on medical debt and how care providers and business innovators are working together to solve this national crisis. To unpack this important topic, I'm joined by Hank Cardello, Executive Director of Leadership Solutions at Georgetown University's Business for Impact. Hank, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brian. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. And, and let's dive right in here and maybe uh, give some background for listeners. Can you just talk a, a little bit about what, what Georgetown's Business for Impact's mission is? Sure. I mean, uh, the Business for Impact is part of the McDonough School of Business at Georgetown, and it specifically focuses on uh, what we call uh, people, planet, and profits. In other words, you can make your money and make your profits, but you also have to do good, and there are benefits to doing good. So we focus on that, and we address uh, a number of important issues, like medical debt. We also have looked at obesity, where we've engaged the uh, confectionery industry, and also have done some white papers on, uh, for instance, responsible uh, drinking with Anheuser-Busch InBev. So those are the kind of things we get involved in. We do partner with innovators uh, to solve some of these big challenges. And uh, perhaps one of the biggest benefits is we're able to convene panels and forums to bring leaders on all these subjects. For instance, for this particular white paper on medical debt, we had the uh, representative and executive from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau on our panel. So we get that expert kind of opinion to lend to the dialogue. Appreciate you giving that background on, on Georgetown's Business for Impact and, and, and also uh, different things you partner with and, and sort of some of the, the, the constituents you worked with on, on this white paper. Can you talk a little bit more about the, the impetus behind your, your, your decision to partner with Capio on a medical debt white paper and, and panel? Sure. We, we look for thought leaders. In other words, not companies that follow the crowd or do business the way it's historically been done, especially, again, on these tough issues that impact uh, consumer health and the public health. So medical debt, of course, is a huge problem. I mean, quite frankly, it's the largest source of debt in collections, even more so than tuition debt, which is pretty much a contemporary topic of discussion. And once we looked at that, we realized that this is a big problem and we wanted to look at it. And we learned that Capio, being one of the largest healthcare asset management companies, they have like more than 20 million patients. They were interested in taking a stance and, and taking some leadership on this issue. And I felt that was a good uh, fit with what we're trying to accomplish. Um, they expressed an openness to collaboration, and uh, they said, made it clear that they were looking to advance the discussion on solutions to medical debt. But more importantly, which struck me, that they really wanted to take a proactive role in helping consumers become more financially healthy. So not just looking at you know dealing with medical debt or collections or things like that, but how do we get people back up on their feet and sustain that? In other words, not just collect, but also uh, they're now uh, improving their financial scores, uh, their credit reports, et cetera. So that that really appealed to us, and that's why we got involved. 
Yeah, so it's like some real alignment around sort of sort of mission there, but also, as you said, sort of you, you want to work with with innovators and, and experts in their field. Um, can, can you talk about now that we have uh, established sort of the background of this white paper? Can you talk about the primary findings? Sure. Uh, I must say I, I was surprised at many of the findings in this paper. Uh, the first thing is medical debt really comes across as a totally different kind of debt. You know, it's unplanned for the most part uh, or involuntary. Unlike, let's say, when you apply for a home mortgage or a car loan, things like that. Those, those are pretty planned. And generally, you, you get vetted uh, for your ability to uh, pay back on those loans. Well, this, this is a different kind of animal here. It also tends to be expensive at times. Uh, you run up against the wall on very opaque pricing. In other words, there's a lot of confusion, not only in dealing with the hospital systems, but also uh, what's really in the insurance plans. In other words, what covers me? You know, what am I covered for? What am I not? And, and many people really get surprised. And what we found, perhaps the biggest culprit in medical debt is the high deductible, which all these um, care provider expenses have been shifting to that. You know, intuitively you think, well, what's, what's really hurting us are huge medical expenses, like $50,000, $100,000 bills. And, and the answer is no, no. Most amounts in collections are under $500. And, and that really surprised us because what it says is that it's the ability of people to pay on these higher deductible plans that is really uh, the basis for this problem. And compounding that, the majority of those who hold medical debt, they're not eligible for forgiveness or charity. Uh, you know, they're basically, you know, struggling to make ends meet. So something like a $500 bill or an $800 bill is, is really problematic. And in, for some cases, it's catastrophic. You know, what do they give up to try to pay this? And this falls to the bottom of the list. You know, they have to pay their mortgage first and they have to buy food. So they tend to end up in those kind of circumstances. Appreciate that. And, and you see one of the, you know, the real impetuses behind this, this white paper was, you know, Capio and your, your organization, of course, um, want to help raise awareness around problems and, and solve around problems. I'm struck by sort of the way you you laid out the debt there, what makes this kind of debt different um, than other types of debt. With the current economic environment we're, we're sort of moving into and, and continuing to navigate here, are you in uh, follow up for you? Are you increasingly concerned about this issue? Yeah, I, I really am. I think it's going, especially if we do slide into a recession and the uh, unemployment numbers start jumping upwards, definitely I think this will be a bigger problem, no doubt about it. And can you talk about uh, who the Alice consumer is and, and why she is most at risk? Well, Alice is a wonderful acronym. Uh, it stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained employed. So in other words, many of these folks are the essential workers who are out there. You know, they have enough assets and income so that they're, they're disqualified from the public assistance programs like those in, in poverty. And what tends to happen is 
this is pretty much that second lowest quintile of earners. In other words, the bottom quintile, or again, most people in poverty, when you take these folks and add them to those in poverty, you've got about 42% of the population. So these folks are right above where all the benefits can accrue, and yet they're really struggling to make ends meet, as I mentioned earlier. So they're the ones that are, are having a problem with the medical debt. And that's where we go back to the comment about whether it's $500, $800, whatever, those are deal breakers for these people. And they really struggle. And that's how they end up in collections. And I'm curious here, I, I you know, maybe this just seems like there might be somewhat of a tension, natural tension here for, for, for providers and, and, and hospital systems and that, you know, they're under, their organizations are under financial pressure too, but they also need to be stewards of, of, of their patient's experience. And, and a big part of that experience is the financial component here. So they have to prioritize collections, but perhaps try to thread the needle and do it in a way that that's empathic. So I'm curious what you would say, what recommendations you would have for, for care providers and, and also third-party collections. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. I mean, yes, they need to collect. I mean, hospitals and providers, they have to generate revenues, you know, in, in order to offer their services. Quite frankly, uh, especially under rural circumstances, the, the hospital and healthcare systems potentially either have to pull back their services or go out of business if they can't make collections. So, Definitely, they must do that. You used the word empathic, and I think that has been a missing term. I think we have to move away. First of all, transparency is key. I think patients need to know what's going on. And I think oftentimes there is assumption that, you know, if somebody has insurance, they know everything they're covered for. And that, that's just not the case. And secondly, again, if somebody's a charity case, then that's actually a little easier uh, for the hospital care system. So I think they could also adopt uh, what we'll call patient-centered technology. Uh, and we can talk a little bit more about that. Uh, you know, these folks need help. They need guidance. Uh, what we've seen when we've done other research is that many people under these circumstances, you know, they, they struggle to manage their finances. And again, they're just trying to get by. So they need every single aid they can. And I think care providers can do that for their consumers, so to speak, you know, where they give them technical, um, oh, what should I call it, you know, web-based uh, means to track uh, how to make payments and to start whittling down their debts so that the hospital is not in trouble long term. I think there's like $800 billion in that ballpark of medical expenses that accrue to the patient in the end run that is not covered by insurance. Uh, that's not in debt. I mean, collections, I think we're talking 81 to $195 billion. But nevertheless, what they need to do is make things clear, be transparent, and give them some tools to help them out. I also think just complementing that on the collection side, I think, and this is where I, I had a lot of appeal with, um, with Capio, that they were definitely tackling the issue of fairness, you know, looking at 
not trying to crank up interest on collection payments or extra fees or lawsuits, things like that, and, and make that shift to more counseling and resolution rather than just one and done where I go in, I try to collect the most I can. So I think a number of things uh, need to change. I think they are changeable. And I think it requires a partnership between the healthcare and hospital systems and the debt collection society. Appreciate that, Hank. And I, I do want to get into the, the technology component here a bit more before we close, but perhaps first we, you can just discuss a bit more the, the role forgiveness and, and charitable, charitable care play um, in terms of being components of, of a possible solution here. Well, certainly forgiveness and charitable care, you know, they, they play a critical role in addressing the medical debt. But most people with the debt don't qualify for the forgiveness or quality, you know, charitable care, as we discussed. Again, uh, you know, if you're in uh, described as poverty uh, or in poverty, you know, it's really the Alice consumer that we're talking about is the one that is hurt. And I think the patient contribution, again, uh, not covered by insurance is a real problem. So. Uh, one of the things that we recommend is that we we look to the CFPB and legislators to try to help out this Alice consumer group because right now they're squeezed and they're carrying the brunt of everything. And I think we all could benefit, hospital systems and the consumer could benefit by making it more easy for them to A, repay their debt and B, crawl out of it and improve their credit so that they can become financially healthy. I think that's what's missing right now. It's basically a one and done kind of deal where we try to collect the most debt. Uh, even hospitals, you know, they're, they're getting pennies on their dollars sometimes. Rather than, you know, I come out of consumer packaged goods industry and we talk about trial and repeat. And repeat is more important because trial is, all right, somebody tries your product, they may never come back. And, but if people continue to come back with high rates of repeat, then that's good for your business. The same applies here. You know, just a quick shot collecting debt is like trial. Whereas helping the consumer stay with them long-term, they become a partner with you and then down the road, maybe you can help them with other financial tools and products that, again, you can you can help them out and it's good for your business and it's good for the consumers. So that's where I would like to see all this go. And so let's close here by really focusing on the, these technologies and potential solutions that can really help uh, reach those Alice, Alice um, consumer group, which seems just sort of like, like a blind spot in terms of, you know, what society is offering, the benefits uh, we're offering to these folks and, and the, 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 the pressure that's put on them as you've laid out in this conversation. So can you talk about the, the interesting technologies and solutions that you've seen business innovators really bring into the market and what, what are your hopes for those? Yeah, I, I see, um, they call it FinTech. And basically, you know, there's an opportunity and there are products out there helping patients um, doing some of the basics, if you would, you know, helping them compare pricing, uh, helping them understand their payments and how that affects their costs, things like that. Um, what 
What I liked seeing about what Capio was doing is they have uh, an independent fintech firm called Fi that goes further. And again, we talk about financial wellness here where it helps the patients understand what they can afford, you know, based on verifying their income. It recommends, let's say, ways to get to affordable settlements and payment plans they could use to negotiate. And along with other tools that help them save for future expenses. Again, we've learned that many of these folks, uh, the planning is not there or the inability to be able to just make ends meet is problematic. So giving them tools like this to help them A, crawl out of the debt and B, uh, be healthy financially on an ongoing basis and get themselves going to me is is the classic win-win because if we can do that, then everybody in the whole sequence here comes out pretty good. Excellent, Hank. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and, and unpacking this topic. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, my pleasure, Brian. I also want to thank our podcast sponsor, Capio. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.